it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to F1 Nation for our review of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. It was one of the most eagerly anticipated races of the season, and with high speed, high stakes and high drama, 50 laps of racing around the streets of Vegas did not disappoint. The lead of the race changed five times. Sergio Perez to the apex first. Sergio Perez to the lead of the Grand Prix. We had another last lap fight to the finish line. Charles Leclerc's going for it to the inside. Has he got the car slowed down? What a move, Charles Leclerc. Absolutely brilliant. Ah, I wanted that win so bad. But despite two safety cars and a five second penalty, there was only going to be one winner in Vegas. Max Verstappen puts his name up in lights once again. It's 18 Grand Prix victories for the season for Max Verstappen, who wins the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Viva Las Vegas! What an incredible night of racing for us to discuss here on F1 Nation. Joining me, Tom Clarkson, from the heart of the Vegas paddock are Damon Hill and Natalie Pinkham. But first, let's hear from the top three after that scintillating battle for the victory. Max, very well done. What a race. Drama from start to finish. And given everything you had thrown at you today, how did you find a way to win? That's a very good question. Um, I just kept on going. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a bit hectic. Of course, you know, in the beginning, five-second penalty, and then when we stopped because of the deck, I mean, we we're not very good on the medium somehow. I got a bit into traffic, and I, I had to be patient going through that traffic ahead of me. And we were we were on a good track. Then, of course, I had my little get-together with George. I think he didn't see me, and then damaged, of course, my, my front wing. But luckily, the structure was still in place, so that was, of course, very important. And then, of course, the safety car came, so we pitted again for the second set of hard tires. And then it was very fun. I mean, of course, I had a McLaren and an Alpine in, in between Checo and Charles, but once I cleared them, I could join the fight, and uh, it was basically flat out to the end, and that was really cool. Can we just go through it in chronological order, starting with the start and what happened at turn one? What was your take on what happened there and what was your reaction to the five-second penalty? Well, I mean, the start was good, but then, you know, we both, I think, also, you know, we break quite late to defend the position, but that was a bit on the inside, on the dirt, I guess. As soon as you're a bit offline here, it's just super low grip and that's what happened. I, I braked and there was no grip. I didn't mean to, to push uh, Charles off the track, but I couldn't couldn't slow it down it was just it kept sliding on four wheels wide so uh, that's why we yeah we had to go wide you know at the time we also full of adrenaline and I was not happy with the decision but you know looking back at it it was probably the right call and um, with that five second it, uh, it was definitely uh, a bit harder to come back to the front tell us a little bit about the circuit why do you think it provided such good racing today um, I think low deg on the hard tire a lot of slip streaming of course with the long straights and probably a bit of a headwind maybe on, on the straight as well. 
the low speed corners, I think when you're following, you don't really lose that much time because they are that slow, the corners. And then, yeah, there's a lot of draft around the track. So that made, I think, the racing much better. You know, the three of us, we all led. So, uh, yeah, it was a good race. So, Charles, coming to you, what are your emotions right now? Is it elation after that move on Checo on the final lap? Or is it frustration after being so close to the win? Oh, mixed emotions. On uh, one hand, I'm extremely happy with today's performance. I think we didn't leave anything on the table and uh, until the very last lap of the last corner of the last lap, I gave it all and managed to get that second place. On the other hand, obviously disappointed because I really believe that without this safety car, the win was ours because we had on a really good first tint on the medium. And I think, I mean, we had five laps newer hard than uh, Max. Uh, I had a good four or five laps in order to bring them into temperature. And we had done a really good job on that. So I was really confident that uh, the win was ours. Then there was unfortunately the safety car. Max and Checo stopped and I stayed on my five laps used hard, which is not too much five laps. But the problem is that then when you cool them down uh, during the safety car, to restart a used tire is incredibly difficult with those temperatures. And there we lost uh, we lost the race, but uh, I loved the racing. I did not expect uh, to have that much fun in the race because I in FP2 I was following, I think, George and I really struggled to overtake him. Then we went down on the downforce and uh, today was uh, much better. I had a lot more fun. So uh, it was a really exciting race and I'm pretty sure it was a really good one to watch. So I'll make sure I watch uh, that race back. Checo coming to you now. Very well done to you as well. Your ninth podium of the year. This one sealing P2 in the Drivers' Championship. Given your dramas on lap one, how pleased are you with how it turned out? Yeah, looking fully back on my race, you know, with the, so much damage at that point on, it was all about recovering, trying to get Lewis first because he was the, the target to seal second in the championship today. But the pace on that hard was tremendous and that really brought me back on the race. I was just overtaking cars every lap and uh, we were really, really strong. Once the safety car came out, that really put us in, in contention for, for the victory. I went through, through Charles relatively easy, but then I just couldn't pull away from him. And unfortunately, I think we were just carrying a little bit too much rear wing on my car and uh, my top speed was uh, quite a bit down. So once I was on the lead, I just couldn't pull away from Charles and uh, it was really not nice to lose uh, the place to Charles uh, in, in the end. He got me back from Turkey 2020 and uh, is where it is. And Chaco, what does this P2 in the Drivers' Championship mean to you? Well, I think it just makes me look back at the whole season. You know, it's been really challenging year. It started really well fighting for the championship, but then, you know, we had such a dominant car that I just couldn't set it up properly. It was just getting out of my hands. The confidence was going down. So just to come back and really pull together um, a strong result and, and uh, later in the year, I think, to constantly be fighting at the, at the top, I think that really is a highlight of my year. Guys, what a phenomenal inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix. It was mega. I mean, let's be honest. Formula One has conquered Las Vegas. So the question really was, looking at the circuit, and it's maybe partly because it's got a, it's got a new surface, it's been newly tarmacked and it's quite shiny and it's cold, and that's like a wet race. Less grip puts a premium on driver skill and also makes it less predictable. So we saw some great overtakes and you could see how slippery it was. You could see how the cars were struggling 
to get key to the surface and that made for great racing. Let's take it in chronological order, right? So Max Verstappen wins the Grand Prix. After turn one, I felt he was immediately in trouble because yes, okay, he overcooked it and pushed Charles Leclerc wide, but he couldn't drop Charles. No, that was interesting, wasn't it? Actually, he couldn't drop him, but he did do, I mean, he got a five second, you know, stop go penalty. So he, and then he recovered from that. But normally what they, they had contend with is overworking the tire. But in some ways, you need to work the tire. They just couldn't work the tire to get the temperature into it. They were worried about graining the tire. So I think it was a level, it was more of a level playing field. And it opened up the opportunities, a bit like a wet race does, to drivers with talent, drivers with, um, you know, with a little bit more skill. They could work that and... A car advantage is not necessary as big an advantage in a wet race. The cars had to take off a lot of wing. They had to be quick on the straights. And what are they doing down the boulevard, 220 miles an hour? With a tow, they're probably getting close to 220, 225. I don't know. So it was spectacular to watch. In that first stint, the Ferrari was the better car. Charles Leclerc was able to extend the medium tyre longer than Max, who said after the race, yes, he felt he was in trouble. He was suffering from more graining than Charles. He then had that five-second penalty. So he came out of the pits, I think, 28 seconds behind Leclerc. And at that point, Leclerc was sitting pretty. And I think that is why he's gutted that he didn't win this Grand Prix. But he couldn't because the accident happened and he, the safety car came out and he was compromised by the timing of that. Otherwise, he would have come in and got a new set of tyres. I still can't quite get my head around why he lost this Grand Prix, because he was so fast in and, that and, first And day. also, he was closing right up to the very last lap. He, you know, he managed to get back uh, second place from Checo. Could he have caught Max? Actually, I think, you know, give him another four or five laps, I think he possibly could have done. I don't think you should underestimate the impact of the star on Charles. In terms of his morale, and, you know, he was on pole. He should have pulled away. I asked Max before the race whether having that inside line down to turn one was going to be a significant advantage. He was like, no, absolutely not. I'm on the dirty side. It's a very short run down from the front row to the first braking zone. And I really think Charles expected to be in the lead at the start. And when he wasn't, and then when he didn't get the place back, and then when he was only given a five-second penalty... What I did think you think of the penalty things? Well, I mean, I, I said to you, didn't I, Damon? Why don't they just make him give the place back. Yeah, and I don't know the, the rules well enough to know. No, no, <laughs> tell no, you what no, the but Charles said the same in the pen to me yeah. afterwards. He said, that's where the FIA really should just I say, think, give I the place there's, back. There's something about the first lap, isn't there, where they had a discussion about what they'll let go and what they will allow for on the first lap. So if he'd done that on, the, on another lap, it might have been that they, they would have said, listen, you have to give the place back because you gained I that position. I think you've hit the nail on the head there oh, because good. actually a lot of drivers made mistakes at turn one. Well, cleverer than you look. <laughs> Fernando Alonso spun on his own, ruined Valtteri Bottas's race. He didn't get a penalty. All Max Verstappen did was push Charles wide. So I think five seconds was probably a fair... And, and even Charles said that. Even Charles said, look, the five second thing actually was a fair penalty, but... He also wondered why he wasn't given the place back. It was aggressive and actually a bit naughty, really. And no, I think no, no, that, but and I actually think Max's defence, he said again to he me in stop. the pen. <laughs> That's yeah. where he, yeah. he said he couldn't. A bit like Fernando Alonso. He, he couldn't stop. No Once you get on the inside, there yeah. was no way That's they exactly could stop. exactly what he said. Yeah. What do we think of the second Red Bull driver today? For Checo, he's sealed Peter in the Drivers' Championship, which is great. Actually, a drive like today, I thought he deserved that. 
he was a bit down. I don't know how he was with you in in the pen, but in the press conference, he was a bit down, I felt. Well, he's going to be a bit down because he thought he was on for a one-two in the race. But I think once he steps away from this weekend and recognises he came back from a difficult qualifying, P11 up to the podium, it's a great achievement. He secured one-two in the championship. I don't care what anyone says. They say, oh, it wasn't a contractual obligation on his part. That mattered him a huge amount. And when Lewis looked like he was on the charge to take it from him, he was worried, you know, he was worried for his future. But I think today was a real marker in the sand for him in terms of performance. And he was able to keep it up there. I mean, that fight also with Fernando last time out in Brazil was brilliant to watch. But ultimately, even though it was only by... 53,000 of a second. In Interlagos, yeah. And it was one-tenth, I think, today, wasn't it? He still lost it, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. He wasn't on the podium. He should have come out on top there. Yeah. So today was really important for yeah. him. And let's not forget, he was at the back after lap one. He got he caught up in the melee, Absolutely. the Alonso melee at turn yeah. one. And, and he was almost dead last, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he fought his way through. He drove a controlled race. I think sometimes in the past he's misjudged some of his overtakes, but it was all clean. Where does Checo go from here? I felt he drove with so much confidence. And I think, let's not forget that this Vegas track is what I would call a Checo track, right? Short radius yeah, corners. You say that, it absolutely is. But that like massive variable for him was the temperature. So much colder. Because I talked to him about this in the pen. I said, you know, it's the street circuit. You absolutely excel at street circuits. When you factor in the temperature, it just throws, I think it throws a lot of the other things that you can bank on as a street circuit specialist out the window. But I also think there are street circuits and street circuits. And this, with the short radius corners, is even more of a Checo track. So I get your point about the slippery cold temperatures, but if anyone's going to deal with them well, it's going to be Checo. He, he was bothered by the long straights, actually. He said they just, you know, he was struggling on the long straights compared to the Ferrari. We haven't heard that before all season, no, have he we? he went for a higher wing setting, yeah. apparently. Yeah. But that's why he couldn't get away from Charles in the race, because uh, he had too much drag, really. But um, huge confidence booster for him. He's got P2 in the championship. And while Charles Leclerc is disappointed not to have won this Grand Prix, I think this is a huge confidence boost for him as no. well. Yeah. There are obviously some things that have been settled, the Red Bull situation, but... Ferrari and Mercedes is, Four getting, points is the getting very, very touchy and, and tense. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. It is just four points between Mercedes and Ferrari 
fighting over P2 in the Constructors' Championship. And on the strength of what we've seen here this weekend, OK, Mercedes still have P2, but I think your money would be on Ferrari getting P2 in Abu Dhabi next weekend. Well, that segues beautifully because uh, Marc Genet joins us now and he can tell us just that. How confident are you guys now with this car after this weekend? I mean, I know a lot of things went against you, but the performance was really there, wasn't it? Yeah, that's why we feel so... I just spoke to Charles now and we feel so upset, you know. We couldn't we, we didn't win it. We did everything right. I think the Carlos Braum also played, played its part in not helping and... And the safety car, for sure, was just uh, horrible for us. Uh, I, but we we improving lately. But th this track in particular was good for us, you know. So I, I don't think that such a such performance will repeat itself. But having said that, we do feel that we are getting the best out of the car, especially this last part of the season. And so the, the team is working well, yes. I, I just feel that Charles really deserves a win Fuck. in 2023. And he, he, he did. You could say or he's been unlucky today or Max has been lucky. Because even you look at the impact between Max and Russell, you know, and his car was not damaged, you know. I mean, for Max, everything was perfect. But he knows he did a great race. And then the last overtaking on Perez, that made put him a smile on his yeah. face. So it's true. I know that the numbers, when you see 23 pole positions, five wins, but really it's not down to him, you know. He's had a car that is good in qualifying and not so much so good in the race. Uh, and today, he, he, luck was not on his side. So just four points between you and Mercedes now in the Constructors' Championship. One race to go. How's Abu Dhabi going to play out? Do you think it'll favour you or Mercedes? Yeah, it's more the momentum we have. Also, Carlos is fourth place, you know. He's never finished higher up than fifth, and he's equal point with Alonso. And I can tell you in Spain, we're looking at that. <laughs> That's quite, needle, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite, I know they'll say Carlos and Fernando, no, you know, but I can assure you that they both are looking at that. Uh, I think we have this momentum. I think the track will not favor Ferrari or Mercedes. That's my feeling because they did very well in the past, Mercedes in, in Abu Dhabi. But uh, we have this momentum. So I think it's pretty evenly matched. It's going to be quite interesting, yes. It's going to be the talking point, isn't it, next weekend? Well, Abu Dhabi is very similar in many ways to this circuit. Low downforce, lots of slow 90-degree corners and so forth. But there are a few more corners. Abu Dhabi is a little bit more tricky than this one, I think. But... Uh, what do you think, Mark? Do you think Abu Dhabi suits Ferrari more than Mercedes? Well, one of the reasons why we were so strong here is that our low downforce package is so optimized. We have a very good package, you know. N not so much that the car is good in, in low downforce. The low downforce package is very good. We, we saw that in Monza. And we're not going to use that package, you know, in, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, we're going to go to the package that we know it's not so good than others. Yes, These wings we cannot use in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be different ones. And we know that that one works perfect. Uh, Fred Vasseur has been talking about this second place for a long time, you know. Okay, uh, second place, uh, Enzo Ferrari would say, you know, only winning counts. But honestly, second place, look last year how much we fought even for second place for Charles against Checo, you know. Second place, when there's someone so dominant, whoever is second, means you've done a good job. Mark, thank you very much for your time. Well done to you and the team here, and I'll see you in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, see you in Abu Dhabi, sure. Thanks, Tom. In all this praise of Ferrari, it's very easy to think what an awful weekend Mercedes have had because, you know, let's face it, Hamilton was their top finisher. Went from 10th to 7th. Seven. Hang on a minute, And Russell though. comes in an 8th. Yes, but, but he there finished 4th on the track, George, and I thought that was really impressive. And I thought it was a real shame that he got that penalty because what it meant was that he tumbled down the order because the grid was so tight at the top. Went right the way down to 8th. The fact is, he owned 
the issue with Verstappen. He didn't see him. And I, I thought that was a shame because I felt like he deserved and the team deserved so much more. Talked to him afterwards and we reminded each other he's had one podium all year. Yeah, isn't it mad? Pinks, you're, you're, you're actually saying exactly what I was hoping you were going to say, which is, yes, Ferrari have had a very strong result, very strong weekend, but actually Mercedes haven't been bad. You know, George Russell qualifies fourth yeah. and then starts third, obviously, with Science's penalty and drives a really good race until the, the, you know, the penalty at the end. So Mercedes are strong. Yes, Mark Janet is talking about the importance of momentum and he, there's nothing between them. George Russell, I felt, was the team leader at Mercedes this weekend. You know, Hamilton knocked out in Q2. George very much leading the direction on setup, yeah. drives that brilliant race apart from this moment with Max Verstappen. I felt it was the George that we saw come back from the summer break in Zandvoort, in Monza, where he was the dominant driver. And I think he has every right to feel very satisfied with his weekend despite the frustrating end result. And here's James Allison, technical director of Mercedes. James, it's been a phenomenal weekend for George Russell. Okay, I know the five-second penalty saw him skittle down the order, but I felt like he was team leader when it came to the drivers this weekend. How was it inside the team? Uh, well, I don't think it really felt like that, but, you know, George definitely got it all together on, I want to say the Saturday, but it was yeah. earlier <laughs> in the weekend. In the FP3 qualifying period, he definitely got himself in good shape because Lewis had perhaps looked slightly the stronger of the two the day before. And uh, yeah, left Lewis definitely ruining his, his performance in quali. But I think we were pretty sure that both would have strong races, just obviously Lewis from a more lowly, lowly grid slot. Didn't quite anticipate the subsequent melee. Was there a sense of relief inside the team after everything that had happened at Interlagos that you came here with a competitive car? Yes, but not surprised because I think Interlagos was very much the outlier. And, you know, if you look at our car over the last quite large handful of races, it's been pretty okay. And Interlagos was the very, very surprising outlier, a bit like McLaren's Las Vegas, you know, they... They've, they've just had our Brazil. But yes, it was, it was reassuring that Brazil was an outlier and not, not the norm. And when you consider the chaos at the start and then the puncture that Lewis had after contact with Piastri, to salvage seventh, I mean, it actually went up three spots. To, so to finish seventh for Lewis, considering where he was, that, that must also be a boost. Well, it might, it might feel that way in about two or three days, but right now it's more lamenting the fact that the car was pretty pacey and um and a p7 p8 is considerably less than we might have expected to take back with us when we heard toto say on the radio you know to go for fourth for george we were like really but ultimately on track he did finish fourth yeah and I it think... seemed quite unfair in a way that he went down the order to eighth because that five seconds actually was very costly yeah but you know i don't think it was unfair he was predominantly responsible for the tangling mm. with with Max. I just think the impact of that five seconds, though, yeah, was I mean, that's, almost... That's what happens when, when things are relatively so near tight. the end of the race yeah, yeah. and you don't have a chance then to stretch your legs. Yeah. And When we were chatting together as a team after the race, George was definitely looking to himself for that. What he was definitely surprised by was, for him, it didn't make sense for Max to make the play at that corner because George would have probably had him on the DRS on the following straight. 
I think George was taking on the chin the fact that he should have been more aware of Max being there. So, James, all eyes on Abu Dhabi next weekend. Yeah. Four points between you and Ferrari. You're <laughs> the ones in front. Yep. You've, had, you've got a good record in Abu. How much confidence does that give you going in? I, I, I think the record doesn't count for too much because, you know, new, new year, new cars, new competitive order, all that. If there's one good thing to come from today's rather rumbustious race is that I think both our drivers are absolutely resolute in their desire to go and show what they and the car can do in Abu. So with a bit of luck, it'll be a nice fair fight to the finish and, uh, and hopefully we'll get do the job done. Do you believe in luck? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, in terms of performances between teams and, and also relative performances between drivers within teams, it's so easy to get it wrong or what is going on? And, and the track specifics as well well it's a very finicky formula the tires are fussy you have to get the car very near the ground and uh too low and you get what happened to us in austin too high and you get what happened to us in brazil so it's it's very very easy to lose lose a competitive edge and that's what you're seeing track to track car to car good luck in abu thank you very much <laughs> These two are side by side, but not for much longer. The two teammates battling it out, and Esteban Ocon deep into turn one. Esteban Ocon going all in in Vegas. Oh, guys. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Ah, that's some serious healing power there for Sunday. Esteban, the smile, I feel, says a lot. My God. I feel he really needed that result. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, I'm I'm you know feeling alive again. Uh, let's call it like that. It's been a tough six races. I would say you know a lot of things went wrong for us. A lot of incidents and a lot of points left on the table. You know with DNF and all sorts of things in Singapore. Really, we we didn't seem to catch a break. And you know yesterday was a difficult moment to to swallow because we knew we had the pace to do something good and something more on top is coming. But yeah, never give up, really. Um, that's the, probably the sentence of these last couple of weeks. We kept believing in our work and what we were doing, believing it's, it's the right thing that we were doing and that things were going to come to us. And the planets did align today. And uh, finally, we got uh, you know, the result that we deserve. The planets aligned. But I mean, what was the key for you to make so much progress so quickly? I think uh, we've done a really, really good job on tires this weekend, you know, as a team. Uh, we would have had, you know, a very, very strong qualifying on yesterday, and we understood quite early in FP2 how to keep these front tires alive. And uh, I basically finished the race with with new tires still, compared to people having big deg, you know. So it was a big difference. As I'm talking to you, loads of the mechanics are walking past. Everyone's sort of giving you a slap on the back. This means a lot to you, but it also means a lot to the sure. team, doesn't sure. it? It means a lot to the team because it's our best result since a long, long time. Um, you know, the, the guys here have been working flat out to try and get, you know, quicker cars since, since Monza because it's a similar characteristic and, you know, back at the factory, you know, bringing different downforce level, bringing, you know, a lot of different things since, since Monza has made the difference. So, yeah, it means, uh, it means the whole world to them and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good day. They really played down any chance of any kind of result here. They were like, we're not going to perform particularly well, but that's okay. We're in Vegas. We take it as it comes. Then suddenly, Gazi has this particularly great performance in quali. Esteban has a terrible time in quali. Pierre's like, hello, I'm on here. 
could I even dream of a podium? And then suddenly he gets some sort of weird battery problem that he's battling with and just falls down the order and out of the points. I mean, it was really frustrating for him. Conversely, his teammate shot up from 16th to 4th. Yeah, he was and on was fire. buzzing. Yeah. The last time we, we ran these Monza wings, both Alpines were out in Q1 at Monza. They then stayed after that race for a Pirelli tyre test. And I think they found something at that test. I've no idea what it is. It's well known that they have the least powerful power unit on the grid. So then, you know, they're lacking straight line speed. And yet they found a balance or something that is making the competitive on this kind of track. It's interesting because Pierre just said he found a rhythm in quali that he wasn't expecting. It was kind of like he was in a groove. Everything was working for him. And sometimes you can't explain these things. Sometimes it just works, doesn't it? And it did in quali. I, I felt for him that he wasn't able to convert that in the race. But brilliant for Ocon. I mean, they're all just looking for strong results to finish the year on, aren't they? Ocon has had a lot of bad luck this year as well. 60 NFs more than any yeah. other driver. He, yeah. he really does deserve more. And yeah. So today was a good day for him. Yeah, He's, he proved today that he's a great racing driver yeah. as well. It's so easy to overlook the drivers who are battling out in the midfield, you know, and I was trying to think if he was a driver who was at the front, how would I think of him? My conclusion was everyone in F1 is driving to the maximum and they sometimes don't get in recognition for it because they're not the people on the podium. And we have just done the right thing by applauding Esteban Ocon for his performance and also Pierre Gasly, who did also did a good job but you were talking about the Alpine team that just confirms what I said before which what is what um, James Allison was just saying is that it's a fickle old formula it is really difficult to get these things in the in the sweet spot and you all you need to do is change a racetrack and suddenly you're nowhere near where you thought you should be and it's and you're battling in the midfield but again. I am really encouraged by Alpine funnily enough since the summer break because of course they made the management changes immediately prior to it, just after the Belgian Grand Prix. And yet since then, they seem to have found a little bit of consistency with the car. Pierre Gasly has gone from strength to strength. He's been really impressive at pretty much every race. Ocon's had his reliability issues, but when he's been allowed to shine, he has. Yes, there's nothing Alpine can do about the Constructors' Championship. They are marooned in P6, more than 100 points behind Aston Martin and nearly 100 points ahead of Williams. So they are going to finish sixth, but... I feel that, you know, they talk about momentum, don't they, going into the winter. I think Alpine have got that. They've got same drivers staying for next year as well. They can build from here. Well, I'm now with Tom McCulloch, engineering boss at Aston Martin. And I think from the smile on your face, today's been a good day. Is that how you sit? Yeah, overall, uh, it's good to score some solid points. Both cars in the points pace you know Lance had a fantastic race Fernando has struggled a little bit more um, in traffic but yeah overall a good day and we scored some uh, good points relative to McLaren um, still behind them but yeah good day. Let's talk about Lance's race I mean he went from 19th to 5th what was the key for him to do that? I think the key really was saving the two sets of hard tyres before the weekend really started anticipating that you would need them a good chance you'd need them in the race from the First lap, he actually went from uh, 19th to 9th um, with all the melee. He had a good, strong first lap with a soft tyre. Um, and then you know, when we got the safety car, it was a matter of, well, we the fastest race for us from there was two sets of hard tyres. 
Um, so that did cycle us to the back of the grid nearly, four or five cars behind. But uh, from there, <clears throat> just really strong, solid pace, two sets of hard tyres, and uh, yeah, that's what made his P5 today. Is it a case of what if with Fernando? I mean, what if he hadn't spun at turn one? The woulda, coulda, shoulda is always there for everyone, isn't it? Um, How good was the pace of the car, though? Could he have raced with the guys around him? Um, yeah. It's always hard when you, you know, if you look at the difference between Charles and Carlos today, free air to traffic, it's a different world. And that's the same for all of us. So, yes, if he could have had, if he could have had a, a good first lap and strong first stint and, you know, made the one stop work, which at that point was the plan, he could have had a strong day. But a lot of people can say that today. And just 11 points behind McLaren in the Constructors' Championship. I mean, it's not over until it's over. What are you feeling about Abu Dhabi? We've definitely been a bit stronger these last few races. I do think um, Abu Dhabi will suit McLaren uh, much more than, say, it did here. Um, they were actually quite strong today in the race once they settled down with Oscar. So, yeah, it will be tough for us. I think they're slightly quicker than us still. But as you say, it is never over until that flag drops the very last lap in Abu Dhabi. And we'll just be trying our best to put our cars as far up as possible. And uh, we can't really control them, but we'll see how it goes. Thanks, Tom. Lance Stroll finishes P5 for the second race in a row. He was really impressive. The right decision to start on the softs. He also did very well to stay out of the chaos at the start. He made up 10 places on the first lap. And you could tell by his face how relieved he was to get another strong result here. It's been a horrible time of late, but he's strung a couple of good weekends together. And, um, yeah, he needed it. So he, he was really strong at the start of the year when the car was good. Then when the car went off the boil mid-season, Alonso was able to drag some results out of it, and I felt Lance struggled. They've now found where the, how they want to run that car with these upgrades, and the performance is coming back. And we're seeing Lance now showing the world what he can do. And he looked, I thought, very convincing compared to Alonso this weekend. Actually, it was Alonso who made the mistake in the race, not Lance. So good on him, but also it was a strong result for the team. Lance Stroll comes home in fifth. Alonso was still ninth. Double points finished for the team. They got lost in the middle and they're they're starting to push again. Maybe they'll do something in Abu Dhabi, but they're not contenders, regular contenders for the podium, which is, I think, what they're aiming for. We've still yet to see the full potential of their investment in their factory and their wind tunnel and blah. So maybe next year's car will be an absolutely amazing competitive car. They started off well, as I said, this start of the season, but then they, they hadn't got into their new factory yet. And while all eyes are on the battle for P2 and the Constructors' Championship between Mercedes and Ferrari, it's not completely lost the battle for P4. Aston now just 11 points behind McLaren with one race to go. If they can have a, another strong result and McLaren have a difficult one, although I think McLaren think they're going to be much, much better in Abu Dhabi than they were here. I think we should give a shout out to Oscar Piastri as well. A contender for driver of the day. Came back from a very difficult quali to get it into the points. Wasn't easy. Obviously, had also had that contact with Lewis. And near miss with his own teammate. I mean, that could have been horrible to take both cars out. So, fair play to him. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's a tight fight, isn't it? Between them and Aston Martin. 
So the top 10 looked like this. Max Verstappen took win number 18 of the season. Charles Leclerc was second, his fifth podium of this 2023 season. And Sergio Perez took third to seal P2 in the Drivers' Championship. Then came Esteban Ocon in fourth, up from P16 on the grid. Lance Stroll was fifth for Aston Martin. Carlos Sainz was sixth. Lewis Hamilton seventh. George Russell eighth after serving his five-second penalty. Fernando Alonso was ninth and Oscar Piastri tenth. In the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen extended his tally to 549 points. Sergio Perez has sealed P2 with 273 points and Lewis Hamilton locked away third place with 232 points. There's an all-Spanish tussle for P4 with Carlos Sainz and Fernando Alonso both on 200 points. Lando Norris is just five points behind them in sixth and Charles Leclerc just seven points further back in seventh. George Russell is 8th, Oscar Piastri 9th, and Lance Stroll rounds out the top 10 in 10th. Red Bull now has a total of 822 points, 430 points ahead of the field, but it's close behind. Mercedes is 2nd, just 4 points ahead of Ferrari in 3rd. There is then a 104-point gap to McLaren in 4th, with Aston Martin just 11 points further back in 5th. Alpine are alone in 6th on 120 points, and then it gets close again. Williams are 7th on 28, Alpha Tauri 8th on 21, Alfa Romeo 9th on 16, and Haas 10th on 12. Guys, it's the end of the Las Vegas Grand Prix weekend. What are your conclusions about everything that we've experienced over the last 48 hours, 70, 72 hours, however long we've been here? I'm going to sum it up with two S's sensationally surreal. I mean, it's just been a kind of weird, wonderful, discombobulated, brilliant few days. Yeah. You're bemused and bedazzled at the same time oh, in it. Vegas. I love it, All the bees. And Did you lose money in the casino? I never bet a single thing. Didn't you? No. What a oh, boring person. Still time, mate. Yeah. Still time. Let's go. But isn't it phenomenal? We're just sat here in the paddock. We're looking at this huge building that is... The pit building here, it's three stories high. It's, the, what is it, the length like of, ship. is it the length? It does, doesn't it? It looks like a cruise ship. It's the length of three American football fields, is it? I mean, what they've done in the space of 18 months. No, no, it's not this. 18 months. It's this 1982. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we need our driver of the day. Pink's Banks got her go hand first. up. Okay. Charles. You always get in there first, so then we I know, feel we can't I know, so I don't look like <sighs> I'm copying you. Charles Leclerc, Charles, why? Tell Charles. us why. I just thought he had a great race. I felt really bad for him at the start I don't think that was his fault I think Ferrari could and should have pit stopped him again and I think he deserved to win it actually I think he looked really fast and I thought he did some great overtakes and to get Perez there right at the bitter end showed there's a lot of fight in him always has been Damon Checo because he came from dead last almost to get himself on the podium uh, so well done, Checo. Nearly had second, <laughs> but uh, still, why, still a good why, result. Because I'm going to say Esteban Ocon. So why have we none of say us... Max, obviously. Well, yeah, but why? But, you know, we, why do we not say Max? Is it because, because he's we... won 18 times? Yeah, because we're looking for something different. Yeah. And, of course, you know, he's done stupendously well. He's, he's a brilliant driver. And he's maximised everything. No pun intended. Um, he's maximised everything this season. He was absolutely delighted to have won that. Well, I'm going to go for Esteban Ocon. Phenomenal race from 16th on the grid to 4th. Very well done to him and to Alpine. Well, that pretty much concludes our review of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. 
Guys, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, everyone at home, for listening. This show is nothing without you. And we will, of course, be back for our final F1 Nation of the season after the season-closing Abu Dhabi Grand Prix next Monday. But for now, F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.